0: or exported by this prisoner, please contact customer service at 855-466. All subject matter in the preceding podcast is entirely alleged and not admissible in a court of law. A recklessly minimal effort has been taken to change the names and details of any guilty parties. And just in case you right bastards get any ideas, the hosts of this podcast are notorious and well-documented liars with no legally admissible credibility. This is Mama C, and you're listening to Notes from the Pin Podcast. Welcome to prison, bitch.
1: Greetings from the prison industrial complex. You're listening to the of the Pin podcast. I am your incarcerated host, Bobby C. And today with me, I have everyone's favorite mother, second to none, including their own. Mama C. Hey. What's up, lady?
0: Hello, everybody. I'm doing good.
1: <laughs> I missed you. I
0: missed you, you, too.
1: Doing? I'm doing good. Today... Today I kind of wanted to talk about um, the fact that we're gonna keep this one short because this one serves a purpose. But I wanted to talk about the fact that we that when you come to prison, there's basically three phases, right? There's the um, there's the beginning part, the intro, where uh, you're just preparing for your bit. And it, it it depends on how long, how much time you're doing, by how much preparing you do. And for those of you that don't know, I'm serving a 12-year prison sentence for uh, involuntary manslaughter that occurred, uh, during a failed suicide attempt. I tried to kill myself and, uh, I ended up hurting someone that I loved more than anybody. And I tried to do a lot of things beforehand, you know, I I knew I was spiraling. I lost my job and I lost my health insurance and, and I've been cycled on a bunch of different, um, antidepressants for the first time in a very long time. And I agreed to go see a therapist and to get on that stuff against my better judgment because, I had my first kid, and I had a family, and I had a woman I loved and a stepdaughter that didn't seem like a stepdaughter. was just a daughter to me, and the stakes were really high, and so I had a job, and I had a car, and I was doing all the right things for once in my life, and I ended up losing my job, and, and with it, I lost my insurance and my ability to take my meds. I started self-medicating to try to get through it, and I called community mental health. I tried to go to another doctor, and and yeah. and and I ended up getting a new job, but the insurance didn't kick in in time, and uh, I ended up trying to hurt myself, and it wasn't the first time, and I never even thought about what could happen, but I ended up killing someone, hurting someone that I just, I love so dearly, and was my biggest advocate, my best friend, and all that stuff, and and I cooperated every step of the way, um, took a polygraph, signed over any, any stuff they wanted to look at, they had, and I gave it to them, Right. Regardless, for those of you that uh, you know, I'm just reiterating this because I think I'm. Um, hopefully, there's going to be some new listeners that check this out. I just wanted to give a little backstory to to why I'm in here. And, and, and since I've been in prison, um, it started with my writing, but it's, it's been a goal of mine to kind of show what prison is actually like. Um, the pa- taxpayers are funding this place, and it's an utter disaster and failure. And and um, I think a lot of people don't know what to do about it, or or even know that it's a failure. So we started. I started doing some you know, investigative journalism, just reporting from behind the lines, and eventually I met a couple of cool comedians along the way and some relatively famous people, we started a podcast, and it's taken off, and we just built this great community. You know, I've always been a bit of a rebel, and in a system that uh, wanted to chew me up and and settle me down in the belly of the beast, I decided, like, uh, let's maybe give this, this bastard some indigestion, you know? Yeah. So we've made it all this way and I've been documenting what it's like this whole time. And at the beginning, you're, um, you're just completely prison mind state, right? That's your whole world, your whole life. You know, in my case, you go to a maximum security because of the amount of time I had. So there was no, I wasn't thinking about the free world, you know? And so that was, that was the beginning phase. And then you start getting the hang of things. And, and, and at some point, you know, you get to, you settle in and you get into the, the, the second phase of prison, which is kind of building your life in here, deciding what you're going to do with, with your time in here and how you're going to handle it. And my big thing was, can I be productive? Because because most people, I don't want to say most, a lot of people they spend their time just trying to blow through the time, yeah, you know, playing, right? playing chess or card games or just talking shit or, or drawing or whatever it is. I, I was really trying to to do something, and I and I managed to. You know, it was, it was a lot of impediments, but with the help of you specifically, Mama C here, I was able to, to do some things and yeah. meet a lot of people. It makes some progress. You know, I became part of PEN America's Incarcerated Writers Bureau, which who knows when that's going to come out. I uh, then published some places. Uh, then working my ass off, I ended up in college and all that stuff. And now which seems really crazy to me. And there's an analogy for, for life in general. When you're younger, you think, I can't imagine when I'm an adult. And then you get to be an adult, you're like, when did this happen? You know? <laughs> right. So I'm in the ending phase now. I'm, start, I'm getting close. I'm two years from the door. Um, and that's if I don't get a commutation, which I'm working for. And now it's time. And this is actually one of the scarier phases for me, is to start thinking about post-prison life, what that's actually going to look like, what that's going to be, what I need to do, what needs to happen. And you've been along for this whole ride, yeah?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I feel like, I'm not physically, obviously I'm not physically there with you, but man, the the families of those that are in prison are basically in prison with you for the most part. And, and I've learned a lot too. As We're like ready for this, um, like the end phase that you call it. There's a lot that I don't know about or understand uh, when inmates are released either, which you know I'm trying to figure out, navigate myself. But yeah, we've been we've been along for the whole thing, and thank God you've got family uh, and friends oh to help. And it's mind-boggling how many people are incarcerated that don't have a support system, whether they're whether they're inside or when they're out. So.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, and I make sure to never take that for granted. I, I have what's called a locked account, right? So that means no matter what, if, if you were to send, and we learned this the hard way, so I said, can you send me $60, please, so I can order this TV? And you sent it, and it never showed up. So I had Amber, can you send me $60, please? And she sent it, and it never showed up. And you had to call up here, and you found out that they said, oh, he can't get anything over $50 a month. Anything over $50 a month, they take, and yeah, they, they split it up. It. Yeah. They keep it for uh, court costs and lawyer's fees, which blew my mind because I had a public defender and yeah. I didn't go to trial. Right. And, and so one thing you learn in prison and in life in general, you can you can always look to your left and find someone doing better than you and feel bad about yourself. Or you can look to your right and find someone who's got it worse and feel good about your situation. Yeah. And that is the secret to, to true free will. If, if free will exists at all, it exists in, in that, what you choose to focus on. I always focused on the other thing before, how bad I had it. It's undeniable sometimes that it's life screwed up when you're in here. But someone always has it worse than you. Mm-hmm. And no, I can only get $50 a month. We've had to find little loopholes and work holes or, or work around so I can have food to eat and, and a coffee to drink here and there and have some okay. hygiene because that's another thing they don't tell you before you come to prison is that in hygiene and, and shampoo and soap and all that stuff's so not provided for you. I you know. have to buy it.
0: That's right. That was one of the and, biggest misconceptions I found out quickly was that.
1: And it's, uh, it's outrageously priced, it's price gouging to the, to the fullest. Yeah, and so, you know, of all the things you learn, that was a big one, and that kind of ties into what's going on today, right? So, you know, I come to prison one day, and then I, you know, I get here the next and realize that I owe, you know, $12,000. And there's no way we are in a position. I mean, I have some help. You guys can put fifty dollars a month in my account, and you know you could probably do a hundred if you really needed to. And along the way, I've had people, these you know, the amazing pebbles out there that listen to the show and stuff, and help out, and, and and I have lived more comfortably than than I did early on. But that's mm-hmm. another thing you learn: it is it's money, 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 mm-hmm. and they they put you in a weird position because I owe the twelve thousand, but. I'm not allowed to have any money or make any money in the outside world. So God forbid you even had to adjust your will because if yes. something had happened and and I happened to be in prison when you passed, they would take it. Yeah.
0: yeah, They would
1: take all of it. They would take all of it, and so we learned that real quick. So I could, I can't even make money to pay off my twelve thousand dollars. Right? It would, I guess, it would come from. I don't know how they expect to do it, but that's kind of uh, what we're doing on this episode. You, in preparation, you know, of me getting out and you doing some research and realizing uh, the, one of the most influential variables is having a little, a little cushion, a little nest egg when you get out so you're not homeless and jobless right. and carless and clothesless and, and everything else. You decided to, to start a GoFundMe.
0: Yeah, I'm working on that right now, and by the time this is uh, out there for everyone to listen to, the GoFundMe should be set up. Um, one of the things that, I mean, we're your family, and we love you, and we'll do everything within our power to help you. That's a no-brainer. But I can't let my pride get in the way of you having a fighting chance when you get out. And so I need to put my pride aside and realize that I can't, you know, we can't do this alone. It's impossible. So I need, you know, help. We need help. And one of the ways to do that is a a GoFundMe. I know you're going to be getting out soon and we, your family and your friends that love you want to know what can we do to help. And uh, I've learned that we have to understand the rules that you have to live by, and they're not always easy. <laughs> they have barriers and roadblocks set up. It's hard for families to understand and navigate too. So, right? Um, yeah, and and we're learning. You know, each state. What, is are it, you, what
1: are you talking about specifically?
0: Well, for example, you have one minute remaining.
1: But the fact that if the fact that if I wanted to start a, a fundraiser, I couldn't. That type
0: of thing? Well, yeah, that, and for the fact that um, I had to, you know, we had to change our, our will, not that we have anything. I mean, we, like most yeah. people, live paycheck to paycheck, but we bought a house, and any equity that's earned over the years, if it's left to everybody to include you, the state will come in and take it. And I don't want that the state to happen. Yeah, the state of Michigan, yeah, take it. they will take it. Yeah. So we had to create yeah. a will that specifically says, as long as you are in prison or on probation or parole, I you don't get anything. Isn't that terrible? I don't get anything. Do? Yeah. Uh-huh. and I've crazy. seen it
1: happen to people in here. And I want to bring this up. We're going to cut off, and it might take a minute, but I'm going to get back to you because this is important. Um, the idea of how hard it is. We've never, we've never taken, we've never. Not not to judge anyone who's ever been on welfare food stamps, because when it was just you and I, we were for a minute. Yes. But we... Thank you for using GTL. Okay, so normally, best case scenario, we do back-to-back uh, phone calls, right, to record this. Occasionally, because I'm not in some uh, comfy studio, I'm in prison currently, it happens that... The phones will disconnect. The yards will get shut down for an emergency account or something. There will be an explosion of violence. Whatever it is, occasionally it, I won't be able to call back until later in the day or maybe even a couple of days. So it's been two days since we started this, yeah. um, and I haven't been able to get back. So we're back now. I'm really glad we had some time in between to think about some things. universe always steps in and kind of gives me something. I think uh, if I had the option, uh, I would have avoided it, but it it seems to come in there and uh, help me out beyond my short-sightedness. But before we get back into it, uh, you wanted to bring something up real quick.
0: Well, yeah. You know, I've been wanting to do a GoFundMe for a while and every time I, Mm -hmm. like, get ready and get down to business, I don't know. I keep saying, well, maybe now's not the right time. There's so much going on in the world and uh, I seem to come up with, you know, one Reason or another, my pride. My pride is a big one. For those of you that don't know, um, I tend to want to do everything myself, all by myself. And there are times when you know you you have to ask for help, and it's okay. So I'm learning to do that. Anyway, I'm. I was trying to figure out the other day why am I so? I don't know if apprehensive is the right word, but why am I so hesitant? Maybe to get this thing yeah. off and running. And I realized that part of the reason is I'm scared, I'm afraid, because I didn't realize how many hoops you have to jump through. I just thought, and I'm sure a lot of people probably feel the same way, that when somebody goes to prison, they do their time, um, and they get out, okay, that's it, there's nothing else to worry about, go ahead and do your thing. But that's not true. There's a lot that you have to do, and hoops you have to jump through, and expenses... Like I didn't know inmates You're, have to pay to go see the parole officer when they're out. Yeah, you have to pay out of your own pocket to do that.
1: Yeah, it's a super it's a it's a supervision fee and that's a whole nother way when, when you start getting into researching criminal justice and criminal justice reform, especially, there are many different levels of incarceration. And the one that seems the one that seems to be universal and to linger the longest after physical incarceration is financial incarceration. And they make you pay for things like tethers. Um, if you're on house arrest or if you're on probation, there's there, unless you've been a part of it, you don't really understand you. There's fees that you pay for as uh, under supervision, under incarceration. And if you fail to, to pay those things, it can result in a lot of cases like with probation that you will violate and come back to jail,
0: right. which, um, which happens a lot. Is, is,
1: <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, that's not necessarily the case in, in Michigan. If you don't pay, but you do owe, and you you won't be let off of parole from my understanding un- until you know you pay uh you pay that and it would be tough enough if you came out and you started with a blank slate that's not the case here you you start mm-hmm. uh, and especially for me, you start way behind the eight ball from ten thousand dollars in the pocket, and then it's also you know like you're saying a bunch of other stuff so yeah,
0: um
1: but I don't want to don't want to cut you off You were talking about being um
0: well, yeah, I'm af- I, well I'm afraid because there's just so much more the sentence that you get for being in prison doesn't end when you walk out them doors unfortunately the no. sad truth is no. it's um, it's a little overwhelming and I'm not the one who has to shoulder all that you're the one that has to do that and so well, I, I need to get off my butt and get this thing going so that you have a you know a second chance when you get out
1: yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that. And there's also the fear thing too of it until you, I think a lot of people can relate to procrastination in this sense. When, when you put something off, it can be whatever you want it to be in your mind, right. And this potential, but once you undertake it, once you start the ball rolling, you make it real and you could actually fail. Um, and until, uh, until you start that, it can just remain as this possibility in your mind. And I've probably been. I've certainly been guilty of this before, like, yeah, I'm going to do this, and then this is going to happen, and, you know, we'll be able to, you know, there can be um, a hesitancy, a, a nervousness to start something that you've kind of built up in your mind um, right. as, like, as as some sort of um, positive thing to look forward to, like, this is going to happen and um, so long as it stays in the future, it's always going. In my mind, it will always take place at some point. But when you get it started, now you risk the chance of actually rolling the dice and, and seeing
0: what what happens. Yeah, and this is know? so important. I mean, it's so important to get this going.
1: Well, listen, what the reason I said I was really glad that we had a couple of days between is because it's completely understandable to get to this point and, and to look at all the scars you have physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually from this place, right? And in a place that purports to be rehabilitative and to, to help you and look out. And when you get here, you realize it's anything but that. And so it's very easy to fall into the narrative of just getting on here and listing a bunch of grievances. This is how much I owe. This is what they charged me with. They fucked me over here and they fucked me over there every step of the way I've been fucked over I didn't get to the place on that now by focusing on that stuff, by letting that become my narrative, right? The damaged, injured, um, basically victim, you know, and in here I've managed to do the impossible in a lot of ways. I've managed to rehabilitate myself. Yes. I've managed to understand my mental health and my addiction. And though it's been a struggle, I've learned to overcome a lot of this stuff. I've learned discipline physically, mentally, um, intellectually. I've went to school. We've built this community of amazing people. I've gotten published. I'm part of the In America's program for writers. and None of that would have been possible if I only focused on the grievances. And if I had got locked into that phase, none of this would have been possible. I met my favorite comedian. We're really more best friends now. I've had work featured on Rogan's show. Like Just amazing things have happened. And none of it would have happened if I had focused on just that, right? And getting to the end of my sentence, it's really easy to say, I've worked so hard and I've done the right thing, the quote unquote, the right thing. And I've gone above and beyond as it pertains to, for accomplishing the things prison is supposed to help you accomplish, but doesn't, I've done it. I've put in the work and I've managed to grow and, and just make all this make, make all this progress in here, not with the help of the institution, but in spite of it. Exactly, right? yes. So I realized rather than come on here and, and focus on the, the, all the fuckery and, and, and how screwed I am financially, I just thought I'd come on here and say, just humble myself and just say, I, just, I need help. I'm getting out. I've done everything I can. Uh, there's a lot more to do. I, me personally, I don't want to just get out. My plan isn't to just get out and just live a normal life. My plan is to take this torch that I've been slowly, slowly uh, uh, lighting and, and carrying um, as it pertains to criminal justice reform and exposing the truth and reality of what's going on behind here, the, the hardships inmates and their families face. I need – this is going to be part of my lifelong mission. I'm going I'm to write books and all these different things along the way hopefully, but no matter what, at the base level, the foundation of all that is going to be help, continuing to help inspire change, to lobby for change, to write papers, to, to contact people, to, to help move the needle when it comes to the mythos of criminal justice and the reality of criminal justice. And for me to do that, I need help. That's all I need. And And I, and I don't need... I just need a shot. That's all I need. I just need a shot. If you give me a shot, if I I get out and I have a little bit of cushion and I can, you know, get my license back and and get a car and pay for insurance and have a place to stay and and have clothes and not have to focus all my energy on trying to rebuild a life because that's – I mean, that's just an entire insane – amount of work, effort, and, and everything in its own, and coming from a system for the last 10 plus years that you would think would help people with that, but doesn't, I'm just not in a place. I don't have it. I'm just asking for help. I'm just asking for a shot.
0: Yeah, That's yeah. all I need. If
1: you, give, if, you, if, if you give me a shot, I promise you I will change the world. I will never stop fighting. I will get out there and I'll be a voice. I will, I'll, I'll move from a pebble in the shoe of the prison industrial complex to a thorn in the side. And, and to be a, a mouthpiece and a representation of people not just in prison and their families, but people who suffered with mental health and addiction, who turned to try to get help like I did and, and, and was turned away or failed or let down by a system. And um, that's all it is. I just, if, you, if I'm just coming here with, with empty hands, saying, if, if, if you can, if you can help, I just, I need your help. Just, if you watch what I do with it. I promise you I'll make you proud.
0: And that's, this is really emotional for me all of a sudden. I thought I would be better, but I think that's part of the problem where the pride gets in my way, too, is that I, you know, we live from paycheck to paycheck. We're retired, and so like a lot of people out there, we live from paycheck to paycheck, and it hurts me that, that we can't take care of this for you. I mean, as your parents, we want to be able to take care of our kids, and we just can't do this by ourselves. And that's another reason why I need to put my pride aside, because it's... um Mom, don't it's, cry. I know, honey. I'll be all right. I'll right cut now. this part out. No, I don't. But, but It's just... with everything okay, listen. With everything you've been through and all the hard work... You have one minute remaining and there it is the interruptions again <laughs> with all the hard work you've done with all the progress you made if anybody is deserving of help it's you and i and and we want to do that we want to try and, and help you as much as we can you deserve it
1: we, we will it's gonna listen we built an amazing community uh, we have the most amazing people that that reach out and help and support and and if you can if you can help mama sees go fund me um any little bit here and there—it doesn't have to be all at once. It can be just little amounts because it's all going to help, and it's all going to go to real, genuine, um, real tangible things. And if you can't, can you please maybe share her page or do something? And I—and mom, it's going to work. We've, we've got the best people up here. Yeah, Think about do. all the people we have met along the way. They're just amazing, and we love you. And um, this robot lady is going to cut us off. But yeah. but you know this, this comes from the, the, the pit of my stomach, the bottom of my heart. I love you guys. We love you. Um, the, the, the mission doesn't stop.
0: Thank you for using GTL. Hey, kiddo. All right. I'm better. I'm back. So
1: are you, okay. Is there anything you want to share? Maybe do you have your page, uh, how to get a hold of it, how to find it? where to go for people that want to help, maybe?
0: Yeah, so um, the goal is, once I get it launched, which uh, hopefully will be will coincide with the release of this podcast, is um, to, to launch the GoFundMe page, and then from there I'll be putting up a link on our website, uh, which is notesfromthepin.com, and then we'll do the social media sharing. So we'll share it on Twitter and Thread and Instagram and all those good places, so... We'll definitely get it out there. And again, if you know, we realize there's a lot of people struggling financially, just like us. So if you can't um, help financially, please help share the page, and and we'll do it. We'll get there, honey.
1: Yeah, anything will help. You know, if if I can just buy my uh, toothpaste for the first year, that's one the thing I have to worry about <laughs> when I get out. Do you do you have the actual um what they should search if they go to the doesn't GoFundMe? Don't they have their own? They their do their own site, right? Yes, so
0: GoFundMe has their own site.
1: So, so if that's what it Dot is, com. you know, cut and, and and say go go to Yeah, they know it's well, they know it's .com. Oh. Just say go if you go to GoFundMe but they could always go to the to the website yeah. um but also Twitter, Instagram and all those things and you know, it goes without saying Yeah, this isn't taken lightly and it's it's hard to ask for um, for help like this, you know. Okay. But there's we know things are tough out there, and I know you wanted to do it a little early that way. um, You know, if you were to do it at the last minute, there might be people that say, well, I could have helped a couple months ago, but now, you
0: know, it's kind of tight. Yeah, exactly.
1: So, yeah, we just appreciate You None of this is taken lightly, and I promise you uh, I will do honor to... um,
0: Yeah, we have no doubt. ...just to any
1: of that uh, that you bring our way, and we're just so grateful, and there aren't really any words that could could adequately express that. Yeah. Yeah, so on behalf of everyone... Let's get the hell out of here. I got to go over to here. I got some blood work that has to be done today. I don't know if you know what we'll right. find out. Stay tuned. We'll let you. And, um, All right. Yeah, we love you. We love, love you. You, you hear I me? I love you too. We. All right.
0: Go. We go. Hi, everybody. Mama C here. For the complete library, full episodes, and bonus content, and mainly to support this cause, visit Notes from the Pen on Patreon. To learn more about Bobby in prison reform, visit our website, notesfromthepen.com And follow us on Twitter to stay current. This has been another Notes from the Pen production. If you'd like to help, go to GoFundMe.com, search help for a new start, or you can also use my name, Judy Caldwell, and that'll take you to our page where you'll see a picture of Mama C and Bobby. You know, it's been a long time 10-plus years, this journey. And we couldn't have come this far without all of your help. So for that, we are truly blessed and grateful. And we thank you from the bottom of our hearts.